This is a Dalarna University production. From the University of Copenhagen, I am an e-learning consultant. Um, I belong to a unit called IT Media. We are in the business of um, supporting and developing uh, audio, video and social media in education and research for the humanities department. Um, and uh, what I'm going to talk about today is uh, this. Um, I actually brought a, brought a paper version as well, because this is not an, an online gizmo, it is a piece of cardboard paper. Um, but I figured it might be easier for you to see that one. Um, uh, this is a conference game, and, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about why we made this. Um, basically, the point of this is to get um, uh, educators to, who are planning a conference to uh, use some of all the tech options we have that they can use. Um, and, um, yeah, so, but since you're here for kind of a tech conference, I'm going to pull you through the tech version of this first. So, there. Um, the general mission of this is to put the conference experience online. Um, and since you're all here in, oh, sorry, not you who are there on the interwebs, but those people who are in the room actually came all the way up here to, to, uh, to the Swedish snow, uh, or down where they came from. Um, and why did we do that when we could sit comfortably at home and watch the video feed instead? Well, there's more to conference than just what goes on in the video feed, usually. Um, so we'd like to take the whole conference experience and put that online, preferably stretch all that wonderful knowledge that's being uh, either transmitted or generated or, uh, or however we do it, according to the keynote, um, uh, out across maybe months instead of just the one day or the few days that the conference is actually on. Um, so uh, the selling point for creating an interactive conference, well, we can make the academic content available to a lot more people, uh, both in the academic scale. The, the professor usually gets to travel and go to a conference unless it's really hard times, but, but the PhDs and, and the, the lower ranking and the poor students usually don't get to go, so they can participate in it this way. Um, you get to, to do a lot of debate and talk about the field you actually love. Uh, there's a lot of networking um, you, can, you can do in this way, talk to people you might not be able to talk to within your own field, maybe across borders. Um, and what we really want to do is recreate the coffee break. Because everyone knows that no matter how brilliant the keynote was, the best thing you take home for a conference is usually something that happened in the coffee break. Someone you ran into who was doing a similar thing or just had a really interesting point about something. Now, how do we put that online? Because that's what you really want to gain from conferences. Um, also, for the keynotes, you might be able to supply them with a different kind of publication instead of all the usual articles, you can now give them digital objects to take home or show to all their Twitter friends or whatever they want to do with them. Um, some people don't like to talk in front of a room full of 200 people, 
if you are using a back channel, you might be able to get them to engage anyway and ask their questions that way. So the silent majority can get a voice. Then there's those people who can't travel, whether it's health or finances or just the sheer distance. I'm talking to an Australian this day, but he came from England, so I guess that doesn't count. Um, and also, uh, we've had great success with actually pairing up keynotes. We have a sound studio. It's very 70s and, and kind of full of cloth uh, to, to dull the sound. But, uh, but we've had great things come out of putting two keynotes into a room with each other. Because what people present when they come into a keynote is usually what they know already. What they have done, what they're very sure of, and what they can defend. If you put them in with someone else who's also cutting edge in their own field, what you get is suddenly people talking about the future, people talking about maybes, what could happen, what might happen, where they think the field is moving, and this gets really interesting, actually. This is the kind of thing you have happen if you're lucky in the coffee breaks, but what if we can actually build that into the conference experience and then put it online for the people to watch later on Hence, again, stretching the experience. Um, and then, in line with the whole networked learning uh, thought, um, I don't know who actually said this, but I like the saying a lot. Um, the smartest person in the room is the room. There might be interesting views or points that would otherwise not be, be known. So, these are all the benefits. And... As you can gather already, that took a while to explain, and I'm guessing you are already kind of well-versed in the field of technology-enhanced conferences. Um, but we have a problem explaining it to, to the normal academics. We even had a really, really breakthrough great example. This is the Cosmos Conference, uh, 2011, month of April. People have been preparing for three years. They were all looking forward to talk about ancient textiles and the weaponry represented in those textiles. Unfortunately, something erupted in Iceland and seven people could suddenly make it to Copenhagen instead of 110. Um, so there was a lot of running and, and, uh, and getting the tech up and running. And then all of a sudden we had an online event instead with a thousand people watching it. And we had about 2,000 chat messages uh, discussing the, uh, the uh, ancient textiles. This is not really a tech-forward community necessarily, um, but they were quite happy. Of course, these people had no choice. There wasn't an alternative. They couldn't go to Copenhagen. That was the whole point. So they got, they got forced into it. Um, at the bottom there, you have two of the participants. Uh, who send in photos of themselves because they were so happy they could be in the conference. One of them just gave birth and the other one, I can't remember why she couldn't make it, but they wouldn't have been able to make it to Copenhagen anyway. And here they were, taking part of the, the whole conference thing. But making a combined event with something online and something in a room somewhere makes it a, a little more complicated. So. Um, this is our preliminary recipe for how, how do you create an interactive conference that combines the, the I don't want to call it the real event, because it's not really the, the Dharma part of it, 
um, and, uh, and then the rest of the world participating. And we, uh, we, we usually come up with these suggestions for people. Um, and I'm going to... You can create an introduction video to create some buzz. You can throw that out to people. It's a little bit more interesting than the text email about the conference coming up. Um, you can even include some of the practical information if you want. You can uh, make sure you pick a hashtag and tweet about the event. This is a search for the PLE conference, which I am happy to do a little advertising for here. It's personal learning networks, personal learning environments. It's a bunch of very interesting people from all over Europe, and if you can't go, watch the stream. Anyway, um, uh, you can also make a meet and greet forum to to have your participants meet each other beforehand. Um, this is for a conference called Spandex to Sports Tech. It's the textile people again, hence the sort of 70s colouring of the thing. Um, in this forum, it's a crowd wine, they're free. They can do a short presentation, maybe say what their research is on. And then you have the option of, of saying, I know this other person, or the other one, which is quite interesting, which is, I would like to meet you when we get to this event. So you can sort of people spot in advance and think, ooh, interesting person from this university I've never heard of who does something like what I'm doing. Maybe we should have coffee. We can actually plan better coffee breaks. Um, then you can, of course, stream the event live, as this one is being streamed, and use Twitter or another back channel for discussions, comments, questions, stuff like that. Have the, the debate in the room, join the debate out of the room. Um, this is actually not from a conference, but from a linguistics class we're streaming earlier today. Um, but same thing. Now, if I say this to some of some of the uh, lecturers who are about to um, have their own conference, we might list all these things and think that we're making perfect sense, but quite often um, it's not really what they hear. Um, People get confused by all the different options. There's four or five new technologies they haven't heard about before. Um, some just get stuck on the fact that they might have to appear on camera or whatever. Um, and what most humans do when faced with too many choices, there's excellent research on this in neuroscience. If you ask people to grade seven kinds of strawberry jam, they screw it up tremendously because it's too many choices. Um, whereas if you give them two, they're quite good at telling which one is better. Um, and what humans tend to do is, is go into risk aversion. And the easiest way out here is, of course, to say, oh, well, you know, we've been doing this for hundreds of years. It works nicely. We'll just do it usually. Because um, people have an important job of making the content interesting. There's... There's different levels of ICT skills. Uh, even the people who are quite adept with computers and technologies go, this is all good, but the people in my field are not necessarily. So how do I, are they going to actually do this? Do they want to? Social media is new. Uh, 
not that many people are very familiar with it. Um, most conference organizers haven't actually done a conference before. It's all new, including where to find the name tags and how to get a homepage for the conference and everything else you need to organize. Lunch, coffee, food. Um, and suddenly they get carpet bombed with all these options that they don't necessarily understand or don't necessarily understand the implications of. Uh, most people on the organizing committee is busy already. They're not really looking for more work and this is kind of a little bit more work. Um, so we, we tend to end up with information overload um, rather than, than uh, helping people make good choices when it comes to, to this. So what we did was this. Um, it's silly and it's colorful and, um, and it's not very serious. And for that reason, you kind of, kind of circumvent some of the, the ideas about uh, technology being difficult and complicated and no, no, let's just uh, make it go away, please. Um, it has both uh, some, some uh, advice on what to do, the, the route going around, sorry, I'll just go back. The route going around the board gives you an order of things. It also tells you which things should be done early in the game and what you, you shouldn't be expecting to do too late. Um, at the top corner, the orange one, um, uh, is quite far along in the in the game and it's it gets you sent back to the start if you try to book your streaming the night before your event is actually going to happen um, but also there's uh, there's the, the more positive side saying well this Twitter thing sounds interesting but um, do you need your own Twitter pro profile for the conference who's going to take care of it if you do um, and it lets you move forward in the board whether or not you're going to have a Twitter profile, but if you decided if it's a good idea. So there's, there's points for deciding no as well, if it doesn't fit in. Um, here at the end of the board, we have the fake finish line, uh, which is, of course, when, the, when you, you think the conference is over. Uh, after that, you still have to, to update your homepage with links to what you recorded, um, broadcast that on Twitter or whatever um, and you can even you can even get to uh, get to the move directly to the jail if you put your videos up and forgot to get people's consent to do that um, some will recognize this from the monopoly thing um, now all this is is uh, on the one hand extremely silly um, but it also works in making this uh, all these choices uh, less scary and uh, boiling them down to to uh, maybe a few questions uh, or maybe just one actually it's would you like to play because if you do then you can um, be led through which decisions you have to make when you have to decide what and which dependencies there are in this if you decide A you're going to have B and C as well. Um, this is sort of the, uh, the rational part of the brain, and meanwhile we're sort of poking 
poking the other half of your brain with with the colourful ideas and connotations about games being fun and and it's an adventure um, and uh, there's a path you can go through and we will we will lead you along. Um, so basically, we're boiling all this all this tech talk down to: uh, Would you like to create an online conference experience? Because in that case, we can help you and help you get through it. Uh, the reason I chose to talk about this today is not because I wanted to show you our fabulous game, even though it is fun, um, but because I figured maybe we could actually use this approach to, to communicate other aspects within technology enhanced teaching and learning. Because universities tend to find itself in, in a strange paradox where uh, on the one hand, you have the desire for everything to be deep and thoughtful and, and research-based. We can't do anything if it's not in a book. Um, and on the other hand, um, that doesn't really help for, for implementing change. Um, and people rarely have time to read something if it's not important, as in it's not research in their own field. Um, so being left there in the middle, maybe we need to, to find some other and strange ways to do it. It's a thought. I hope you can maybe use it. <laughs> 